0: You're listening to another episode of Heatwave Radio's Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where today we talk about some television specials. And uh, specifically, we are going to talk about Kid Cudi's new Netflix special, *Intergalactic*, and then after that, we're going to talk a little bit about Werewolf by Night, because once again, we're covering two things. Um, we do spoil both of them. Werewolf by Night, we're going to spoil a little bit more. So, that's at the end. Uh, there is a spoiler warning for that one. I don't remember if there's a spoiler warning for Enter Galactic. Just please go in, uh, go in expecting that there may be spoilers, and hopefully we will actually give you a spoiler warning. Anyway, the point being, if you are worried about either of these being spoiled, I highly recommend you just check them out. Uh, Enter Galactic is 90 minutes on Netflix. Uh, Werewolf by Night is closer to about one hour on Disney+. Plus. Anyway... I would say they're both kind of worth your time, but, um, you know, hear my review for more. You'll hear a little bit of the Werewolf by Night stuff uh, halfway through, but for now, let's hear a little bit of Kid Cudi's Intergalactic theme. You're listening to another episode of Heatwave Radio's Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about movies. Except today, we're going to talk about television. Pierce. so uh, recently, I don't know. I haven't heard... uh, Television specials have not exactly been like a huge thing in the last several years. Then all of a sudden, in 2022, they're coming back in a big way. Uh, We watched a movie for this one that was i thought fully a movie like it's long enough it had a narrative thread it had everything a movie had But it was billed as a television special and uh what do you think about that
1: wait which one are we talking
0: <laughs> straight up i'm talking about intergalactic oh i like, thought you were talking about television werewolf special
1: day. i was so confused No, we'll, we'll get to
0: that but like okay. i'm not i'm not changing things up here
1: okay cool um yeah, I mean, well, I mean that could have defined either of them, <clears throat> um, I think. But uh, yeah, and intergalactic is a uh, just came. out. Well, no, it didn't just come. It came out like a month ago, three weeks ago, right?
0: Yeah, at this Something point, like it's pretty close to a month.
1: Um, yeah, I was just checking on it, uh, but yeah, it's a movie. Uh, it's not directed by Kid Cudi, but I think it was like I think he's a producer on it, and it was like basically his vision. Um, and he's someone that we've seen kind of i think we talked about him a bit didn't we see him in a movie or something he's been in um, a lot of he's been in a lot of movies i've seen in the last
0: two <laughs> years and he was in bill and ted and i remember we talked about him in bill oh and ted. yeah
1: he was in bill and ted he was in uh the the, the falling rock movie don't look up um, right in a small role um i saw him in westworld he had like a I don't know if you've seen that show, but he had, like, kind of a cameo in that slash role. I don't know if you've seen X,
0: but he's really good in X.
1: Oh, nice. Um, so, yeah, he's he's really <clears throat> been looking to enter the movie space. And it was announced, or he, he said himself recently that he was planning on leaving the music industry and pursuing um, acting and uh, making more... St- or being involved in more projects uh, full time instead of music, um, even though he did, I guess he he released what was basically his last album, also called Intergalactic, with this with this movie um, slash TV show. It's really hard to tell what this is, um. But uh, but yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting that uh, Intergalactic's been an album I think he's been talking about for like five years now, um, but.
0: Just to be clear, like when you said he released his last album, Intergalactic. You're saying his latest album, not like he's done with music or anything. No, he says
1: he's done. He's planning. Oh shit!
0: Really? I mean, it's
1: so many artists have said that. I no, feel like this sure. is a case where he's going to go into movies, and he's probably not going to like it as much as he thought, or he might not be as successful as he wants. So he's going to go back into probably making music just to keep his career going. If that makes sense. I mean, <clears throat> that's my personal opinion of what will happen
0: (laughs) yeah i also gotta say that like for what it's worth i do think that anytime someone who's an actor or a singer says that this is their last album or this is their last movie i think most people are actually serious about that at the time it's just that like you know you can say this is the last thing i'm gonna do and a thing that i'm very good at and then two years later, you're good at that thing, so you're gonna do it again. Like,
1: yeah, I, I and I feel like you know, once you finish a project, a big part of you is like, I never want to do this again. Like, it's like it's like eating. A, a, such a bad analogy, but it's like eating a a very large meal of a food you like, and you might be like, ah, like I can't eat. I can I can't even think about eating this again. And then like two days later, you're like, oh, like I'm kind of miss that when you get hungry. So yeah, that, that's my. <laughs> So that's my food analogy for this, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, this, I guess this was, I, I, this was an interesting project for me just because I love this idea of, um, expanding more on the medium and kind of bridging the gap between music and movies, which, you know, there's been so many ways in which, uh, that gap has, has been kind of crossed over, you know, with like musicals, obviously, um, you've had, uh, Donald Glover, who um, is also known as Childish Gambino, he released a really interesting album because the internet where he released a screenplay for a movie alongside his album, which um, the, uh, the album is made it's, it's like the album has scenes in it or scene numbers in it and it corresponds with the screenplay, which I thought was really interesting Um so I felt like this was almost like intergalactic almost seemed like a, a full vision of that. And whether or not it succeeded, we'll talk about later. But uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. And I really hope we see more of it in, in the future because um, uh, I, I feel like albums now, because there's so many albums that come out, it really helps if you can provide more of an experience with your album. And uh, I feel like, I feel like movies could be a way to do that in the future.
0: And and also, I think we talked about it. I don't remember if this was last week or if it was like two weeks ago or how long ago it was. But when we were talking about Funny Girl, I think we brought up Kid Cudi as well. And like, um, I always want to see people in Hollywood, in music, whatever, who can like bridge every gap. You know, Barbara Streisand was a huge pop singer and also a huge movie star at the time kid Cuddy is in movies and he's a huge, like he's a huge pop artist and rapper, but like I still think of him as one more than the other. And I'm always looking for that Renaissance man. Like could kid Cuddy be that Renaissance man? I don't know, but like I'm always, I'm always looking for that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Um, And I guess, I don't know, I guess he's trying to go in that direction, but uh, let's talk about the movie first. I don't want (laughs) to provide any judgment on him before we talk about the movie.
0: Yeah, Um. for sure. Uh, So this movie, so this movie, as you said, it's like a companion piece to the album, sort of. It's hard to say which is the companion piece to which, I guess. Although I guess the album was created first. Um, But this came out on Netflix about a month ago as of the time of this recording more or less and uh did you see it about a month ago
1: no <laughs> i tried i am not gonna lie i tried to watch it the night it came out because i was excited for it um and then i tried to i watched like 10-15 minutes of it and then i was like oh i'm like kind of tired i'll do this later um and then i tried again a week later but I was, like, really hungover that day, and there was a scene of Kid Cudi getting also very hungover, <laughs> so I was like, this is not the right movie for me right now, this is making me sick, so I skipped it. And then I finally watched it, like, an hour ago, or just before we started recording. Um, yeah, it's, it's very fresh in my mind, I guess. So,
0: so uh, if it's so fresh <clears> in your mind, do you want to talk about can. what it's about?
1: I can. I might be missing some stuff from the start, because, like, yeah, the first 10 minutes I saw, like, a month ago, but um, basically, it's it's about uh, a man named Jabari who's just moved. Uh, he lives in New York, I believe, and he's, like, a, he was a web comic writer, I think, but he just got hired by a, like, big comic uh, company. Uh, for his character Mr. Rager and so he moves and he's become successful Um, and he's recently broken up with his girlfriend I think or relatively recently and then he bumps into her again Um, so they kind of have a thing but then when he moves into his new place he ends up meeting his neighbor I cannot remember her name I want to say it's Nicole or something I'm probably I'm very likely completely wrong though it's Meadow. It's Meadow, yes. <laughs> and uh, her name's Meadow, and she's also, uh, or she's a photographer, I guess. And uh, they, they kind of uh, fall in love. And Intergalactic's just kind of the story of their, the love between them, but I guess, yeah. And it's kind of a weird, It's it's interesting how, because apparently this was initially slated as a TV show, And it's kind of structured that way in terms of it has its own, it has like 10 chapters, I think. Um, So like this is, this almost feels like that Kibby movie we watched or show we watched slash movie where it's like they had, a, but in this case, it's like they had a movie, but then they just split it into 10 minute segments or something like that. Mm -hmm. But it's basically a movie. Like it's very extremely structured, like a movie. So yeah, that's, that's intergalactic. What what are your what are your thoughts, Jeff?
0: I thought like I I watched this and I wasn't sure what to think because like it wasn't quite a movie the way I'd been expecting. It wasn't really a TV show because it was like a ninety minute structured movie, but it was also it was just like it was very uh, it was very low key, very just sort of, uh, I mean, I'm trying not to say very vibes because that's exactly what it was. And I just don't know if that's very descriptive.
1: No, it makes um, sense. I, I feel like it, it really reflects Kid Cudi's. I mean, wait, do you listen to Kid Cudi like as an artist? Do
0: you um, know a lot about him? I, I don't music? know very much about him. I'm sure I've heard a song here and there, but like not very much.
1: Uh, well, yeah, his music is very, I, I wouldn't ever say it's like extremely catchy or like, not like beautiful or anything, but it's it's very vibey and it like it puts it has a very unique feel to it that I feel is kind of captured by this movie in the way that you're saying. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah I I personally I found a lot I mean as I as you can tell I had a lot of trouble getting into it. (laughs) I just I feel like the biggest obstacle for the start is I just I don't think this needed to be an animated movie. In any way, like, the animation... I thought I liked the animation style. Like, it was... I mean, it was extremely inspired by the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse animation. It, it felt yeah. kind of, like... It was, like, a little too inspired. Like, it was almost like a rip-off, in my opinion, like...
0: Okay, really quick, though. <clears throat> did you notice that, like, the animation of this felt like it always had a frame missing? Like, it would skip every other frame?
1: Yeah, that was... That really threw... It wasn't, like... I don't I've, know I've been, if I... Okay. Sorry, I, sorry, I've been fine with, like, choppy animation, but this was, like... This was the first time I think the amount of frames and animation actually, like, really bothered me.
0: Like, <clears throat> it felt like it was clearly intentional, and so I don't know if I disliked it or not, but it was really weird to watch, at the very least. Like, I I don't know. It, uh... Yeah. It's, it's like... I felt like it was a cool choice. Just I don't know if it fit the movie because I don't know. Watching it, I didn't like it, even though I thought it was a like interesting, uh, deliberate choice.
1: Well, it just felt cheap. Like a lot of this movie felt cheap, in my opinion. Um, obviously, it's not going to have a huge book because I, I think I think Into the Spider Verse had a similarly it had it had choppiness in the animation, but it was it was still smooth. Like it, I feel like it almost captured the motions better because of the extra, but it wasn't on the same level as this, where it was like a character would move their head and it would cut from like, like this, like one, like it'd cut like 45 degrees or something.
0: So like, I don't know if this makes sense, uh, but into the spider verse, kind of looks like it's trying to be stop mo like it's trying to look like stop motion animation, but be CG. And it, and it did that really well. So like, it kind of looks stop motion-y and it, it kind of looks like it's CG trying to be stop motion, I guess. Like that's what it's trying to emulate. And this movie looks the same, except that it's not doing it very well.
1: Yeah. Well, just because it had less budget, I think. Had I mean, less budget and... Yeah. I mean, you could even tell with things like the... um, There was... I found it unsettling because there was... The sound design was pretty poor in that there was, like, no background sounds. Like, all the scenes mm-hmm. were literally... I think it was just, like, one track of the vocals of the characters talking. Yeah. And you might have some very, very faint sounds in the background. But it was... it It just felt like the whole thing was, like, done... In a sound in a sound booth or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. It was uh, and I, that that mixed with the choppy animation really took me out of it in a lot of ways. <clears throat> and uh, and that was just like getting into the movie. I think like um, the the movie itself is also very. It's a very cliche plot, and it really like it. It felt like it felt like a filler movie if I would be honest like there was nothing about this that screamed original to me
0: yeah like I'm I don't I didn't dislike there's a there's a lot of things in this movie that I would say I didn't necessarily dislike like when you say it felt like a very generic plot it felt like a ge- very generic plot that I've seen done well plenty of times and this one didn't like butcher it it is kind of a you know sweet story sweet little love story but like it's not interesting enough where i cared very much like it's an it's an hour and a half long and by an hour in as much as i you know wanted the main characters to find each other or find some resolution or whatever i don't know i was like it's there's a half an hour left of this and i've you know, I kind of want to do something else.
1: Yeah. It's, I, I don't know. Like the, if you're going to make the, cause I feel like the way to, I mean, cause I listened to the album too. I'm kind of like looking at it as like a whole project from, mm-hmm. from my point of view, but like, it really felt like both the, the album suffered a lot because it felt like it was promoted and made to be a soundtrack for the movie so it wasn't really taken seriously and it wasn't didn't feel very ambitious because it felt like he was just making songs for the soundtrack and I I thought the sound in my opinion I I actually loved a lot of the songs he put into the movie Um, and I thought it really fit the vibe of it obviously and stuff I I like that Um, but it felt like he made the movie and he made the album but he half-assed both of them where it's like he wasn't he wasn't really putting his all into either project and it was like, it was like you needed to listen to the album to maybe appreciate the movie more and you needed the movie to appreciate the album more, but also like neither of them were good enough to really compliment the other, if that makes sense. So I kind of see what he was going for, but it just, it was, no, it's not the way to tackle it. I really feel like both projects have to stand alone by themselves um, to, to, for that, for that concept to work. Mhm.
0: Yeah, I I didn't actually know there was an album until you mentioned it today, so uh I can't speak on the album much. I'm I'm much more interested in that aspect of it, but like, you know, as you said, both projects have to stand on their own, and I think the movie I don't know. I don't think it really did, although when I say that, I actually wonder if i would have appreciated this movie more or given it more leeway if it was actually just broken down into 10 minute segments because there's a lot of segments of this movie i love like there's a scene with jaden smith one of my least favorite people in the world that i actually really like because it also has macaulay culkin in it one of my most favorite people in the world um and like there's a scene where they go to a bar that's full of like if it's full of furniture shaped like vaginas, which is pretty <laughs> funny. Um, you know, there's a lot of individual scenes which are pretty good, but like I mean, you said it earlier, it kind of feels like a kinda kinda feels like a filler episode. And like at ninety minutes with nothing else around it, a filler episode is just not, not that interesting.
1: Yeah, it's fill like you can't make a movie of filler. <laughs> like,
0: if it's... if it's the only thing that exists in the universe,
1: <laughs> then it can't be filler. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's no container for it to fill, so it's literally just yeah, just uh, splats or whatever. No, it's yeah. I I feel like this this really felt like a movie where that was made by a musician, if that makes sense. Where it's like someone was brought in. He didn't really know a lot about the scene, but he had a lot of connections. Cause um, like, I mean, this, this cast is stacked. Like you were talking about, like on top of the the people you mentioned, there's like, um, there's Timothy Chalamet, uh, Jessica Williams. I guess she's not huge, but like, I feel like she's a, she's a relatively known actor. Um, you have Ty Dolla Sign, who's like a relatively big musician. Like there's a lot of people in this. And uh and like, like, like I think the animation from like from a base standpoint was like really smart, and I like the way a lot of the scenes flowed visually when the when the songs were playing. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. but there was just no meat. Like this movie could have you could have made this thirty minutes. I think if this was like thirty minutes, you could you could have fit all that plot into thirty minutes. Because really, it's it's just he meets a girl. They fall in love really quickly, which I did not buy at all because I didn't feel like they had any chemistry. It felt really awkward to me. Um, and you have this really played out conflict that's cliche in so many movies, but in this scene, it's in this case, it's so much worse because I I, I mean, I, I don't know. What, what did you think of like the, the third, the second act low point in the rom-com where someone thinks the other one's cheating or whatever? I mean, every time. <laughs>
0: I guess I didn't hate it on its own, but it brought down the entire movie for me based on what was after it too. Because like what happens, I guess, I guess very light spoilers for this. It's super predictable. So I don't think it's really spoilers, but like at a certain point in this movie, uh, Jabari gets a, he gets a text message from his ex-girlfriend. That's like a sexy picture And uh, his new girlfriend, Meadow, sees that and is like, that's no good. And so she just, like, breaks off contact with him. And he goes to talk to his ex-girlfriend about that and be like, hey, that wasn't very cool. And then they go their separate ways for a bit. Like, everyone just goes their separate ways. But then eventually they all get back together. And, like, I don't know. It's, It's cliche. And, like at a certain point in this movie, I was thinking it was going to go in a really weird direction. Not, not that weird. Cause I've seen it done before, but like an unexpected direction. where just like, yeah, that was the last time anyone ever talked to each other. And now we're going to talk about the future and no one has ever seen, seen each other since. And I was like, I don't love that, but it's an interesting, unexpected direction that could be, you know, something, but then like, it just, you know, one person says if you really love her you'll go for her and he does and then it's over
1: oh god yeah it's there was no i mean they they don't at least in other very cliche rom-coms they actually talk about the lie and what happened it's like in this one they didn't even argue because he didn't do anything wrong and it's like she never even accuses him of doing anything wrong she's just like that was weird now i don't want to talk to you for like an extended period of time and it's like not even like she was not she wasn't even like mad at him or any it's, it just felt like she was like eh. you know and like especially because i feel like they never clicked chemistry wise in the sec in the second act of the movie it, it really just feels like there's no point to this like like oh you're mad at her or she's mad at you for n- not doing anything wrong really and you didn't even talk about it like there's no conflict and then they don't even change it, like, the third act, like, the climax isn't even, like, there's no conflict there, it's just they end up falling in love again. Like, yeah. there was no leap of faith, there was no big change in character, it was just, oh, hey, like, it's not weird, it's weird anymore, so we're in love again. And then it ends. It's, it's, like,
0: it's kind of weird, because, like, this movie... <clears throat> So much of this movie makes me feel like it's just supposed to be a story about, you know, being in your 20s and having a romance that could be really cool, but then eventually fizzles out. And like, I don't know, that's almost interesting. But then it becomes like, I don't know how, I don't know what the future of these characters after this movie looks like, and I don't really care. But like over the course of this movie, it it ends up feeling like it's just like another, a movie about, you know, at, at the end of the movie, it's a happy ending and everyone lives happily ever after. And it's like, is that, I don't know. It's just that like, that's a cliched type of movie that I've seen so many times before. And at the beginning of this movie, I got the impression that it just wanted to be like something else, something not necessarily real, but just sort of, relatable at least on like a vibes level to its audience and it's not that it fully isn't that it's just that like at a certain point it leans too much into for lack of a better word fantasy to really make a difference like it's fine but at the end it's like not anything I don't know. I feel like I'm being super mean to this movie and I probably and I don't mean that. I mean, I didn't I didn't hate it, but it's just like it leans too much into stuff that's not interesting.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I I just think it's a it's a bad. It's a bad movie just because of how inoffensive it is. Like I can't even really like say I I hate this decision or I love that decision. I'm just like eh. Like this is something I, think I, would, I could put on in the background. Even when I was watching, I wasn't like, I was watching it, but I wasn't really like watching it. I was very, I was very distracted. I was like on my phone and stuff. And like, I, I could already tell where everything was going. Like it doesn't, this doesn't add anything to my life, this movie.
0: I think you're talking about how inoffensive it is really like sums it up because there's so many individual lines and individual scenes in this movie. That are fantastic. And like, that's awesome. It's just that, you know, the fact that I can make a really good gif out of this movie doesn't make it a good movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a movie of moments, I guess. And it, it really does feel like someone wrote, like, it's like someone wrote, like, watch three rom-coms. So they're like, oh, this is like easy. I can do that. Let's so write my own rom-com. It's Like those kind of vibes. And then they do it, but it's like, literally like the most rom-com you could think of um
0: which you know i mean it worked from start to finish so i guess you can just write a rom-com that way yeah but like
1: yeah everything was technically cohesive like it sort of made sense
0: i want to say like when i think about this movie in my head like when I think back on this movie, there's some movies that I think back on and they legitimately make me angry. And this is not one of those. Like, I think back on this movie and I'm like, huh, that was nice. And then I forget about it. So it's like, I don't think this is like enough. I mean, you, you said inoffensive and like, yeah, it's not an offensively bad movie. It doesn't make me feel anything. But that's also the problem. Like, I just feel nothing thinking about this movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, the only reason we're talking about it is because of Kid Cudi, I guess. Um, Which, like,
0: I do want to say, Kid Cudi is, when I have seen him as an actor, very cool. I've only seen him in very small bit parts that were clearly written for Kid Cudi. (laughs) But, like... Oh, man. There's another actor I really want to talk about, but we can't talk about him this episode. Who I've also only almost exclusively seen in parts that were written for him, and he sucks in those. And Kid Cudi is actually really good in all of those parts, and more importantly, feels like he he feels like he wants to be there. Like every time I've seen Kid Cudi in a movie, he feels like it. It, it seems like he's interested in being in the movie and interested in trying to like stret flex his muscles as an actor, whatever that means. Like, you know, Kid Cuddy in Bill and Ted Three wasn't necessarily Daniel Day Lewis, (laughs) but like he's enjoying being there and he's interested in the take on Kid Cuddy they have written for him. And he's very, very like happy to do what that is. And like when I saw him in X, which is another movie that came out this year, he's playing a character who's, yeah, very Kid Cudi, but very Kid Cudi in a way that Kid Cudi hasn't been himself in other movies. So it's like it's another interesting take, and he's interested in pushing that and doing interesting things. And like, I can't say that about every celebrity who has been put into a into an acting role based on their celebrity b- alone. And like, yeah. I, yeah.
1: Sorry. you can you can tell he's passionate about it i I just wish you would put more work into it like I still don't really think he can act and it didn't feel like he was taking the the movie seriously like I, I don't know it it, just, it felt like he was just hiring his friends if that makes sense, and whether or not they were good for the role is like up for debate but like like I don't know everyone just felt stilted and awkward um And it's like they recorded all their lines. I don't know how they record voice uh, movies, actually. But it it felt like they all recorded their lines separately um, at different times. And they never, like, actually interacted. Mm. Um, But, yeah.
0: yeah. I think, like, honestly, maybe this movie just came too early in his career. Like... I don't necessarily think that Enter Galactic is a movie that Kid Cudi or literally anyone could make at 50 and have it be good. But I also but what I do want to say is like this movie was a passion project that Kid Cudi did alongside an album. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's two separate projects that he wants to make work together that have to have he's got to put 200 percent into both projects in order for either of them to work and neither of them quite works out like i think that he's not experienced enough as a filmmaker because he's he's done a lot of production so he's clearly interested in filmmaking too
1: mm-hmm. i don't
0: think he's done enough as a filmmaker to like fully make intergalactic work on its own and like i'm sure he's done enough as a musician to make intergalactic work on its own as an album but not if he's doing both at the same time
1: yeah yeah i also <laughs> you mentioned that he should have waited i think i think part of the problem too is that he just felt too old it it felt really he's like 38 and it, he was acting as like a 22 year old and i just felt like the the disconnect in terms of uh like he did not like it felt like they were writing the movie for like high schoolers mm-hmm But everyone in the movie, or a lot of the roles played in the movie, the people are like in their late thirties or mid thirties. And how
0: old is Ty Dolla Sign?
1: I think he might be like forty. Honestly, I think. Oh yeah, he's (laughs) forty. Yeah, like that's what I mean. It's just like this. it, It probably would have been better too if they actually casted like, like actual of age voice actors or the right age appropriate voice actors because it really felt parts of it would felt like this is an old man pretending to be young and hip. I mean, as what it felt like with a lot of the dialogue, there's like so many references to to weed and like drinking and partying. (laughs) I
0: mean, (laughs) let me just say, ty dolla sign timothy chalamet and macaulay culkin were perfectly cast in their roles yeah ty Ty dolla sign his character felt like a 40 year old dude (laughs) that would hang around with timothy chalamet
1: (laughs) well yeah but like i don't think he was supposed to be 40 see maybe that would have that would have been a lot more interesting if they brought that into it like like oh his character is kind of this really old guy who's way past his prime but he's still talking about banging chicks or whatever. It's like, oh God, so much of the dial, like the corny dial. I hate how all the characters are just a reflect. They're just there to give feedback on uh, the relationship. So every character is extremely one-dimensional. I hate that so much. And you you can't, like they had some fun characters in this, but they have nothing to do because they're just there to hear what uh, Kid Cudi's saying and then tell him, oh dude, you're messing up. Like that's crazy. And that's why I felt like a high school script too it was just Mm -hmm. like and sometimes that works like i usually love that uh in movies but it just felt really cliche this time and it felt like the whole movie was just about that relationship which i did not care about anyway so anyways i think i'm okay with talking i'm done talking about this movie
0: do you want to do you want to put a number on that bad boy before we move on
1: uh it's probably like a two
0: i think like might be a little more generous i think it's like a strong three because i think there's like (laughs) so i could i could take like i could take like any five minutes of this episode of this movie and really like it i just don't like the whole thing together you know what i might even upgrade that to a solid four
1: that's fair yeah if this was like if they released this in like 10 minute segments that i could like watch this is a perfect kidby movie I'm not going to lie. If this was, like, I could watch this in t- for 10 minutes on, like, my phone. I don't know, on my way to work. Something. or some, I, don't, I don't I don't go out to work, but you know what I mean. <laughs> right. Then, like, I could, okay, this is, like, kind of, this is kind of cute. It's, like, interesting. But, like, an hour and a half straight of this definitely was not the move. And it's kind of weird that they changed that at the last second. Because, um, yeah, I think it was, like, it's, yeah, it was, slated to be a TV show. I think they changed it like the month the month they came out and they just edited it all together. So anyways.
0: Man, rip and peace Quibby.
1: Yeah. <laughs> this perfect kid. They could have they could have really launched Kid Cudi's career, but well now <laughs> we'll never know. It's so up.
0: <laughs> we got one more thing to talk about today, another television special. We're only yeah. talking about TV today even though it's all streaming services, so what is what do words like TV and movie even mean like all the at same. this
1: point? Yeah.
0: Let's talk about the MCU. This is, I guess, technically the first TV show in the MCU we've talked about because it's not a show, but it is TV. Werewolf by Night. This Halloween, you can't escape the shock, the terror of werewolf by night
1: tonight it is every hunter for themselves good luck I'll be rotting for you but one of you is a monster masquerading as one of our own I can't wait to find out what breed of evil you are You' wanna see this darling please don't
0: do this, Pierre what do you think of werewolf by night
1: uh it was probably the most interesting thing I've seen from Marvel for a long time, probably the most interesting thing since like well at least since internals eternals that was bad. Mm-hmm. this is like the best interesting, good thing from Marvel in a long time. I loved it it was it was uh. It was really fun. I don't know.
0: I think it was. Yeah, and like weirdly enough, being forty five minutes or fifty three minutes really worked for it. It felt, it felt like it, it felt like a bottle episode. But I mean, similar to Enter Galactic, but but like with the uh, with the bonus, not bonus, but it has the advantage that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is so all encompassing; it has a million things in it. So, like, this can just be a bottle episode, but, like, it felt, it felt different than other Marvel stuff. It still felt like it was tonally consistent, but it felt like, it it was interesting. It was interesting, Compared to a lot of not not even compared to it was just a very interesting thing to see in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but mostly for me, the way it was filmed more than anything,
1: yeah, it's a very like well i, I guess some um, what's I think the more it's more like the presentation of this was really interesting i I feel like like making it make making it forty five minutes in a special like a Marvel special presentation was a really cool way of marketing it releasing it around Halloween was a really good vibe because it's it's a very halloweeny type of a project. Mm-hmm. Um the way it's shot, like you said it's 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 in black and white, which I like. Um and it's obvious it's a very big um throwback to like 80s and 90s B B-tier horror movies.
0: Oh, I would go so far as to say 50s and 40s B-tier oh, well, yeah, movies they're,
1: yeah, they're probably. That's probably way back cuz it's black and white um but yeah no it's uh it's 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 really interesting I I wouldn't say that like I loved it if that meant like okay I said I know I said I loved it earlier I love the concept but I wouldn't say that like I would like this isn't something I I feel the need to watch again this was kind of like oh this is kind of a nice way to spend 40 minutes it was interesting mm-hmm. um but like definitely like I don't I think the if, if they wanted to make a bigger story of this, like the script would have to be a lot tighter. There'd have to be more going on. But again, this is just like, like it works because it's marketed and seen and presented as just kind of a fun little one shot that doesn't really need to mean anything. And this is, this is honestly something that only Marvel can do too, which I like as well. Because like if you release this without the context of Marvel, no one would probably watch it and it wouldn't be that mm-hmm. interesting cuz there's not that much going on but putting in the context of marvel really allows it to to get viewership while also being experimental and uh just kind of doing its own thing without really feeling the need to like solidify anything if that makes sense. Mhm.
0: I'll like summarize the plot really quickly just so I can talk about it but like there's there's not that much plot in this movie. Uh so it starts with the death of a famous monster hunter his name is Ulysses Bloodborne and following his death his wife I think or his widow summons a bunch of famous monster hunters to go on a monster hunt she's captured a monster in their labyrinth and they're gonna hunt that monster because she's given that monster an evil crystal that will make it even more evil and uh so she sends all of the monster hunters into the labyrinth to fight each other and the monster with the expectation that one of them will probably not die but the rest likely will uh and so that's it it's just like they they walk into this labyrinth and a bunch of fights ensue and like it's really cool uh i've watched a lot of you know two- and three-episode, like, Agatha Christie specials. And it's the same kind of vibes. It's just, like, here's a very simple mystery. It's really barely a mystery. It's more just an excuse for characters to interact. And uh, here you go. They're going to interact now, whether you like it or not. And that's just what happens in this. Like, nothing feels especially high stakes. Um, There's a bunch of fights because they've put them into an environment that specifically is about them fighting each other. And then at the end, uh, you know, they all come together to fight a monster. Just maybe not the monster that you'd expect at the beginning.
1: Yeah. The, I guess, I guess it's kind of spoiled by the title, but um, it's, it's
0: kind of a spoiler, but like yeah. the, the monster they captured at the beginning is not a werewolf. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, it's um, I I actually thought I mean we were talking about earlier that Michael Giacchino, Giacchino something, I say Giacchino yeah. or something I don't know. Um, he he is a very well known composer for movies and he's done a lot of Marvel movies, especially recently. I think he did Doctor, he did the score for the first Doctor Strange. Um, he did the score for Spider Man. The three spider-man movies i think there's another there's another one he did recently but you get the idea um and this is his directorial debut i guess um which seems like a very like, i think i think he brought sounds like he brought the idea to marvel um so this is very much like a passion project for him and uh you know i guess i guess he was just very interested in Showing another side of Marvel that we haven't seen yet, which involves the vampires. I mean, I guess they're gonna get into it eventually because they they have that blade movie coming out.
0: And uh, I think there was a blade reference in this movie.
1: It probably was. I, I can't Like
0: like movie. one of the one of the hunters they brought in is technically a like part oh, of blade. Blade's Rogues Gallery or something. Oh okay.
1: Um, but yeah, I I, I think <clears throat> like I think some of the biggest strengths, I think the script was definitely kind of weak. I think it needed a lot of work. Um, again, if they were, if this was going to be like a, a big, a bigger event or whatever. Um, and I think the characters weren't great, but I actually really loved this directing. I thought the black and white was a really good call. Um, I thought a lot of the cinematography was great. I thought the choreography was amazing in some scenes, which surprised me because I thought this was going to be like, you know, like cheap, cheap schlock you know mm-hmm. to wade through but like there was that there was that one scene i think that's the first fight between the the female The i think she's the daughter right? she's the daughter of uh elsa bloodstone the elsa daughter bloodstone. of ulysses yeah elsa bloodstone fights one of the hunters and it's actually like a really well choreographed fight like it's probably better than um any anything i've seen in a marvel movie for like the past since like shang chi i guess it's been a while um it's like a very grounded gritty fight that i love to watch um and i loved how they got into like some really gruesome i mean we saw some gruesome stuff in dr strange but there was like you know there was blood in this and there was there was a there's this like someone hand someone's hand (laughs) there's a it's a really cool scene where someone's hand gets cut off and it has a weapon on it and then she uses that hand to like fire the weapon itself i really love that i thought it was cool
0: I think it's kind of weird because to hear uh, to hear Michael Giacchino talk about it, like he he's said in interviews, like I asked them, you know, can we have more blood? And they just said, yes, just go for it, which is so weird to think about, because like when I think back on Scott Derrickson talking about his departure from Doctor Strange 2, I don't remember any specific quotes, but I remember he wanted to make like a full fledged horror movie. And eventually he departed the project due to creative differences, which I have always interpreted as Marvel being like, we don't know if we want to do a full-fledged horror movie that's that gruesome. And then in this movie, like, okay, it's not, it's not like, it's, it's very schlocky. It's not like legitimately scary, but like, what was it that Marvel didn't like about a horror movie? If there was something about it, they didn't like, because this movie is, you know, it's very bloody just when they decide that they want it to be that. It's very gruesome when Michael Giacchino decides that. And like, I don't know. I guess it could be much more, it could be much scarier, but that's not really the point. It's just it's just weird to hear the two talk about it.
1: I, I think that was just due to, a, I mean, I I guess first of all, this is a much less of an investment for Marvel. Like they don't, if this flops, they can just be like, "Oh, hey, okay, like this was just a one. This was just a Halloween special. Like this didn't really mean anything. We did well, it I for mean, the fans or whatever." This is also
0: on streaming, so they never have to
1: say it. <laughs> flops. no one will ever know. Um, but also, I, I think Scott Derrickson left, from what I can tell. I think it was creative differences from the way they were taking the MCU. Because I don't think he he wanted to do the multiverse stuff. And then because they made, I think they, they, after they bought Fox, I think Feige started to get this idea of like, okay, the only way we can incorporate this, and this is a great opportunity to like bring in multiverse stuff. So I think they decided that much after Scott Derrickson started writing his movie, which didn't feature the multiverse. And I don't think featured Wanda at all. Um, he wanted to introduce a character called nightmare, which is a Dr. Strange villain from the comics. Um, so I think that was the main thing. I don't think the blood was really a, a problem.
0: Well, there was also, there like, was there was
1: gruesome stuff in Doctor Strange too, anyways.
0: Oh yeah, and like I don't think Doctor Strange is the kind of horror movie where blood would be the issue. Like if they wanted to make that a full on horror movie, the scary parts wouldn't be that it's very bloody.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah. I, I like I kind of wish this was tried to be a little more scary. It, it definitely felt like. All of it was just kind of a parody but there was some like really like cool stuff i loved how they didn't really show the the werewolf they didn't show the werewolf sorry if that's a spoiler they didn't show the werewolf that much they did a lot of shadow like that's where the black and white really worked with it was like a lot of it was obscured by shadows and you saw like silhouettes of stuff happening and it really added to because i think i saw like one shot of the actual werewolf like um, in the light more, and it, it didn't really look that good. <laughs> if I'm going to be honest, um, so I think obscuring it really helped. And there's some really like I love how patient he was with the camera. There's this one part where I think he's killing people in a hallway or something, and the camera just kind of s- stays there uh, while while he goes around killing people. Or the the scene where he transforms too. Um, and we don't see the transformation. we just see the reaction to the transformation as like a long as a long shot uh a long panning shot, I guess no a zoom in shot. I don't know how to describe it no, like there the, there's there's some really brilliant directorial decisions I think that I made.
0: think like so <clears throat> I don't know if we've talked about it I'm sure we've talked about it somewhere, but like, I know it's pretty common to talk about how when directors have small budgets, like that encourages a lot of creative freedom because they have to go out of their way to like work around that small budget. I don't know what the budget for this movie was. It's Marvel. So I assume that if Michael Giacchino wanted to ask for more money, he could probably have it. But I feel like this movie, this movie shows me, if, if that is the case, then this movie shows me that like Michael Giacchino has a really, really good sense for directing in that he artificially created those boundaries. Because when you say, like, the werewolf doesn't look that good, you're right, he doesn't, which is why they don't show him. But if they wanted the werewolf to look good, Marvel has the means to do that if they really wanted to. And I'm sure Michael Giacchino could say, we have to make this the best-looking werewolf of all time. Mm -hmm. He didn't, though, Because like, this movie is intended to look, this movie is such a, it's like, it's a very loving parody of those old horror movies that had no budget and no means. Like, you know, Dracula or Frankenstein in the 30s, they didn't have access to anything that would be called CGI because they didn't have computers. So like they had to figure out how to work on that, not necessarily on a small budget, just in general. And this movie's like, and this movie like, it kind of feels like Michael Giacchino isn't that interested in, you know, using everything that is available to him. He wants to really call back to those old movies, mm-hmm. and he does that really well. Because like, I don't know if he had those if he had those restrictions imposed on him or if he self-imposed them, or if he didn't have them at all, but he plays into those, he makes directing decisions that would be consistent with those really well.
1: Yeah, it's it's a it's a great homage. And uh, I don't know, I, I just, I think in the future, I'd really, I really hope he gets to to play more with maybe even a feature length film. I think it'd be really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. And this was actually, okay, I don't want to compare this to Kid Cudi or anything, but this this felt like, uh, he he brought out the best of the movie, but then he was also the composer for this too, or he created this soundtrack, and I thought the music in this was like great too, and it's it's awesome that he he was able to while directing still create. I think it's like it's like it's like one of his better scores in my opinion. Um, you know, it's just how unique it was and. Um, it really elevated the movie too. Like you could tell this, he like, well, this might, this might just be because, um, I knew he was a composer before I started watching, but it really felt like the music interweaved with the movie rather than was just like a score thrown on top of it. Like it Mm -hmm. did a really good job with what we were given. And it's like, he like had, it's like he had the, the soundtrack in mind almost when he was, um, making the movie in a way yeah yeah and like i think
0: that that for sure speaks to his experience as a film composer because like there's i can't imagine i can't imagine being michael Giacchino, but i can't imagine at all being michael Giacchino trying to direct this movie and not having the music for this movie directly in his head at the same time yeah like if he's directing this and he's and he's like as prolific a film composer as Michael Giacchino is, there's no way anyone else would make the music for this. Mm-hmm. And with Kid Cudi, like, I don't know. I don't... I, it still feel it feels a little disconnected with those two intergal- intergalactics. Like, intergalactic and intergalactic feel like different projects, where Werewolf by Night is, like, one very specific package. Mm-hmm. For what it's worth, I don't think that the I guess I don't think the soundtrack of werewolf by night alone without the context of the movie would be that interesting. Like I'm sure it's a good film score, but it's, it's a film score. Like if you're into film scores, maybe it's great, but like kid Cudi's Intergalactic probably reaches, definitely reaches a different audience in a different way. But like, there's a lot of synergy between werewolf by night and the other part of werewolf by night. Where with Enter Galactic, I don't know if I, well, I don't I don't know about that synergy because, like I said, I didn't even know that Enter Galactic was also a an album beforehand, yeah. and the songs that I heard in Enter Galactic were good, but I didn't realize those weren't just like other Kid Cudi songs.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's. I mean, this was this felt like he he really pushed himself, Michael Giacchino... And, uh, and I, I think, yeah, I think he's really proved, I think this really proved himself as like a director with a lot of potential for the future. And I, I hope that he gets more, I guess, I hope he really hope he gets to play in this area more, or even if he wants to do his own thing, I think it'd be really interesting to see what he does next. Mm-hmm. Cause this feel, feels like he was, he's been watching everything. Uh, that's been done by the directors he's worked with and he's really learned and he like put that to use in this. Um, but yeah, yeah, the only thing I would say that really stopped me from like truly lo- loving this and wanting to watch it again was just, I guess just the, the characters. I thought this actually, I, thought, I think the script was fine. I think the two main characters were just like the most generic boring characters of the entire cast. I don't uh, know. Cause I mean, there were some the great side characters, characters.
0: Like Jack Russell and Ted i i liked quite a bit i don't know about anyone it's else ted. oh yeah
1: ted was like man thing or whatever right
0: ted was the monster
1: yeah the monster i liked Ted. no i, I meant sorry i meant uh the the kid bloodstone with what's her name
0: oh yeah laura, laura donnelly is elsa bloodstone yeah i think i knew what yeah. you meant i was I, like, just, throwing oh, you're just doing...
1: <laughs> no i loved i loved ted he was amazing um yeah i thought I thought she was just kind of, eh, like, she felt very generic. And I thought the main character also, like, uh, when he was, he, he was just kind of, he was, he was just a nice guy. Like, I I don't know how else I would describe him, but those are the only two. I love the side characters. I thought they were hilarious. The Who played the, who played the widow? Uh,
0: that was Harriet Sansom Harris.
1: She looked familiar. I don't know where I've seen her before.
0: Uh, she was on Frasier. Yeah, you oh, watch maybe. a lot of Frasier. <laughs> I
1: don't think so. Um, uh, oh, she was in *Liquor*. She was in she's *Phantom
0: thread. thread* as well.
1: Oh, I haven't seen *Phantom Thread* yet. Oh. Um.
0: Oh, she but... was in *Romeo Plus Juliet*. I don't know. Oh. I, I don't recognize the name, but she—we definitely saw her there.
1: Yeah, yeah, she's been in a few things I've seen. Ramport. <laughs> um. No, yeah, I thought she was great. She was amazing. Mm-hmm. I loved the, the the very stereotypical, like, alpha male hunter. Um, I thought he was hilarious, too. Oh, the
0: big Viking guy? Yeah. 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 That's where
1: I think this really shined, where they, like, they really let their characters, like, be extremely stereotypical and extremely cartoonish. Um,
0: Yeah, like, uh, what's his name? Jack Russell comes in. And, like, first guy you meets, he's like, yeah, I killed 50 people with an axe every <laughs> yeah. Wednesday. I don't even get out of bed for more than, for less than 40 kills. He didn't say mm. any of that, but, like, you know, very jovial uh, mass murderer over here.
1: Yeah, I, I, I wish, I guess I just wish they embraced that more for the, the main two characters. Because um, I thought mm. the, the side characters and the villains, or technically the villains, were all really funny and great to watch, and I I'd love to see more of that, but yeah, mm-hmm. that's the only thing I can really say that I didn't like. Um, so what do you think? What do you think of
0: Werewolf by Night? It, what, what What do you think if you had to condense your thoughts down to a number out of, say, 10? 10
1: Ten. Uh, I'd say like a seven point five.
0: Yeah, I think I I think I'd be about the same. I'm gonna say a soft eight. Mm-hmm.
1: Like it's very, it's very very satisfactory and fun.
0: It was. Um, it's probably, it's probably in my like upper tier of at least this phase of Marvel. Oh um, yeah, I'd, yeah. I I mean the thing is like it feels weird to say that because I really always feel like that's not a super high bar, but like no, I think it is. It right. is definitely the most interesting looking Marvel movie I've seen.
1: No, I, I would I, say I think this is definitely my favorite thing from phase four this is the only time i really feel like i left a show and i was like i like this like Mm -hmm. i didn't hate anything i wasn't disappointed at all i enjoyed it and i had fun and i i hope we can get more of that kind of marvel in the future um
0: of the marvel tv shows if we include this there have been three that i have liked and like this is one of them so
1: yeah well yeah i'm trying to think of I guess Spider-Man No Way Home is the only thing I'd rank better than this, that I enjoyed more. Mm -hmm. I can't think of any other movies or TV shows. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, this was very... uh, I wish I watched this after I I finished She-Hulk, because I think this would have left a better taste in my mouth for Marvel going into Black Panther. But yeah, we'll see. I don't know.
0: Well, I guess we're going to talk about Black Panther soon.
1: Yeah, it's in, like, what, November 10th, right?
0: Something like that, yeah.
1: Yeah, two weeks. I'm kind of excited. All
0: right. Well, uh, so what do you think? Have we decided on something for next week?
1: <clears throat> it's probably, like, Black Adam, right?
0: <sighs> yeah. I I have a lot <laughs> I want to say about Black Adam, although I don't... Well like the first thing I want to say about Black Adam is that I don't know if there's that much to say about Black Adam. Clearly there is, because I know I can rant about it for hours. But (laughs) anyway, I guess we'll probably talk about Black Adam. Yeah. So what's the last word, Pierre?
1: Um Werewolf? That's one word.
0: No, actually, you know what? If we're talking about Black Adam the next next time, I'm going to give Dwayne The Rock Johnson the last word for this one. Two words. Black Adam.